Well, the joys of marriage all captured in one video. Any, can anybody relate to that at all? Anybody? Yeah, that's fine. Y'all can be real quiet if you want to. That's fine. As I said last week, if you'll notice, all of the, all of the fighting started whenever they had kids, right? So y'all, y'all keep that in mind. I'm so glad that you all are here today. My name is Quentin. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, Pastor Brian will be back next week. He's our teaching pastor. He's up here most weeks, but I've had the opportunity the last two weeks to share with you some things that I am super passionate about, and that is marriage, more specifically healthy marriage. We're pretty excited about that, so thank you uh, for, for coming. Uh, last week, we talked all about desires, and we, and we, we learned last week that in the middle of all all desires, the middle of every single desire is the big letter I. Right in the middle of every, every and all desires is the I. Last week someone told me that I should do a Sesame Street theme and say that this series is brought to you by the letter I. You guys watch Sesame Street. That's good. That's good. So yeah, I, that's what it's all about. Last week we learned, like, we have this box that we call desires, and we have a bunch of desires in the box, and, and the things that we dream about, the things that we think about about marriage, they're all desires, and so they're here. And we talked about how to keep desires in the desires box by asking ourselves one question whenever we're disappointed in marriage. And that one question is, if you're disappointed, ask yourself, what are, my de- what are my desires demanding? Remember that? If you weren't here, then go back and check out the podcast. There's some really good information there. This week, as I told you last week, this week we're talking about desires that demand. And then when desires that demand, they turn into these expectations. We put it into this expectations box. And today we're going to talk all about expectations. And quite frankly, we're going to talk about why expectations are bad, particularly in marriage. So we talked last week about desires. We have desires for, uh, for our wives, maybe, whenever we get married, a desire for our wife, uh, wives to, uh, to, to dust. We have ladies, we have desires. You have desires that you might want a nice white picket fence house in the middle of wherever you want to do. Uh, we have desires about kids. We have desires about money. We have desires about time. We have desires about maybe, maybe what we're going to drive one day. We have desires about maybe what we're going to do with our spirituality. Like, are we going to go to church? Are we not going to go to church? Are we going to go to your church? Are you going to go to that contemporary church? Because they're kind of crazy, right? Are you going to do that? Um, guys, we have desires. Bring this out again. We have desires about what our wives are not going to wear to bed. All right? Right? Ladies, you have desires about, I just want to be comfortable, and you want guys to say, just as long as you're comfortable. You know, we talked about that. We take all of this stuff, right? All of this stuff, and we, we put them in this desires, bo- in this expectations box. And this is where we're going to land today. What are we going to do with everything in this expectations box? What are we going to do with that? Because what we have to understand is that expectations in marriage is damaging to the marriage. Whenever we have this, these expectations, we have these. Uh, we have these, we walk down the aisle, 
and we have like their desires in here, maybe even good healthy desires. We want kids, we want money, we want a house, we want to take care of the things that God has provided. And we put them in this expectations box. Whenever that happens, we get married and we're walking out the door and then we say, you promised that we could do so and so. You promised that we could have kids. You promised that, that we could have money. You promised that I could have a car. You promised that I could have a house. So at the end of the wedding, you're walking out the door, and you're like, here are all my desires that I have put into this expectations box. Now, when? 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 When, when are we going to do this stuff? When are we, you going to keep up with your promises? Expectations turn marriage into you owe me. You owe me. You owe me everything that I desired about you, right? You owe me. And then when we do this, we start justifying our expectations in our head. Our desires that are out of control, we start justifying those things in our head. Like, sure, as, as a guy, we, we walk into marriage and, and we might have this expectation, this desire that turned bad, this expectation for our wives to keep up the house. Like, I don't even know if I can say that, but that's like really... Really bad, probably, but this uh, this idea that they're gonna they're gonna clean the dishes after supper that they made after we worked all day, and this like this ideal desire that we have, and we sit down and we can justify the fact in our brain that this is normal. These expectations are normal, and if you don't meet up to those expectations, there's something wrong with you, because maybe. Maybe you did some premarital counseling, and then in your premarital counseling, you talked about all your desires that you turned into expectations whenever you walked out the back door of the church that you got married in. So now we have these expectations. We can justify them. And for some of you, the justification for those expectations that you have, they might be valid expectations for you according to your definition of what marriage should be. But I would tell you, that your definition of marriage, what you think it would be, is not going to be a healthy marriage. If you have a marriage that is based on, completely evolves around expectations, desires going bad, if you will, desires that are demanding, and you put your desires in this expectations box, all you have in marriage, nothing more, nothing less, what you have in marriage is a debt debtor relationship. You have a marriage based on a contract, if you will. You have a marriage that says, if you do X, I'll do Y. If, if you do A, I'll, I'll do B. But I'm not going to do B until you do A. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to do A until you do B. And then we have this big competition between your her big eye and then her big eye. You have this competition, this friction in your marriage because your marriage isn't healthy. The reason your marriage isn't healthy is because all of your desires, the ones that are probably pretty healthy, are now expectations box. So what does it mean when you have a debt-debtor relationship? When you don't have a good, healthy marriage, well, there's not going to be any intimacy. No intimacy. 
And I'm not even talking about sexual intimacy. I'm talking about just the raw emotions of having a marriage and two becoming one, that fellowship that you have. There will be no romance in a debt-debtor relationship. There may very well be sex, but it's not going to be romantic. It's going to be, I will if you will. You're not going to have community within your marriage. You're not going to have love in your marriage. Or, might I say, you're not going to have true unconditional love in your marriage. And in order to have a healthy marriage, which is something that we ought to all desire, unconditional love is paramount in that marriage. So let's talk about unconditional Unconditional love. My mind immediately goes to the love that God had for all of us, has for all of us, to send Jesus Christ to die on the cross for all of us. And the love that Jesus must have had for us when he sacrificed himself to die. That kind of unconditional love. John 15, 12 says this. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Can you think just for a moment about how much and what kind of love that Christ has for you? I would argue that that would be unconditional love. I would argue that the love that Christ has for us, there is no condition. You see, you see Christ died for all. God loved the world so much that he sent Jesus to die for us. So that whoever believes in Jesus will have everlasting life. But in that, in that, not all will accept to follow Jesus' ways. Not all will accept to, uh, not all will accept his death and his burial and his resurrection. Not all will do that. But God's love is never less. It's unconditional. Unconditional love in your marriage may look a lot like that. You may have a spouse that is hard to love. Amen? Uh-huh, I just want to catch somebody. I heard it. I'm sorry. We might have love in our, or our spouses in our marriage that is hard to love. We might have a spouse in our marriage that doesn't doesn't accept the love that we give, but if we're truly going to have unconditional love, then there can't be any conditions on that love. So what happens if your spouse, what happens if your spouse doesn't want to be a part of the marriage that you're in now? What does that look like? It looks like you love your spouse unconditionally as Christ loves you. Here's the point that I want to give you today. Here's the point for today. Expectations are conditions that cannot exist in unconditional love. Expectations are conditions that cannot exist in unconditional love. Think about this. In your marriage, in your marriage... When you love someone unconditionally, without condition, 
that means that you cannot have expectations. Your desires cannot be in your expectations box. They, they can't reside in here. If you have something, desires in your expectations box, if there are desires in here, then you don't have unconditional love in your marriage. Some of you may say, well, yeah, I, I get that, but, but how am I supposed to go through life without any expectations? How am I supposed to figure out what life and marriage looks like without expecting my spouse to do something with these desires? All I'm asking you to do is to write this point down, examine it, look at it. Expectations are conditions that cannot exist within unconditional love. And ask yourself if you want a healthy marriage with unconditional love or not. You can have a marriage with conditions on love, but it's not going to be healthy. You're not going to have that romance. You're not going to have that community. You're not going to have communication. You're not going to have romance. You're not going to have a healthy marriage. No more should we have expectations in our marriage if we are truly going to have unconditional love. That love that Christ told us to have and the, and the love that Christ modeled for us. Think about the vows that you, you might have recited at your wedding or the vows that you might think about reciting at your future wedding. The desires that you have. The vows, I wrote them down because I, I can't remember them all, but I wrote them down. It says, I take you to be my wedded spouse. To have and to hold. And everybody said, "Oh." There you go. All right, good. From this day forward... For better or for worse, right? For richer or poorer, yep. In sickness and in health, to love and to cherish. Everybody say, aw. You got it, you got it, good, good. Till, till, till when? Till death do us part. According to God's holy word, and therefore I pledge my love to you. That screams unconditional love, and we don't have a problem with it on the day of the marriage. Right? The day after the marriage is a different story. That's when we say, man, we talked about some really cool desires that we had. Now when are we going to make those things happen? Right? We have to make sure that we have this unconditional love that we know deep down is how our marriage started, our marriage to start. We get that. But we have to understand that this unconditional love is really what should drive the marriage, not this debt-debtor relationship that many of us have made our marriage all about. Just to kind of drive home this idea of this, this debt-debtor relationship versus a covenant relationship, a, a, a covenant, an unconditional love relationship. Um, just confessions for, for, a few mo- for a few moments for me. Uh, in our house, my wife, uh, we're blessed enough for my wife. We've made some pretty healthy decisions. My wife is able to stay home. She's a stay-at-home Mom, which means that she has a much tougher job than what I would want to have, right? I don't want to be stuck at home with kids. I don't want to do that. So my wife is stuck at home. I think she enjoys it. 
So when I get home, or when I get home, yeah, we'll go with this. When I get home, I walk in the house, and my wife has stayed at home all day, and I think, or I used to think, until I just really started diving into what I'm talking to you about today, I think this way in a, in a, con, in a contractual relationship, in a, in, a, in a you owe me relationship, I walk in, and I want supper on the table, right? It's a desire of mine that that desire is demanding, so now if I walk in and supper's not on the table, then I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to be pretty upset because, I mean, what have you done all day, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't say that. I, I get it. I get it. I don't say that. Or, or after, after we eat the meal that she has prepared, because I desire that, and that desire is demanding, and I expect that to happen, then I also have this desire that demands that somebody clean up the mess. I worked all day. You following me? Yeah, you're like, yeah, you'll come to my house one time and see how that works in my house. I get you. I get you. Or, or I wake up in the morning get ready for work, and I go to my closet, and I look through my closet, and I'm trying to find that pair of jeans to wear, that pair. Does anybody have that pair that you like, anybody? Yeah, you have that. So I go to the closet, and I just, I just go through all of the clothes in the closet, look for that pair of jeans that I want, can't find them, go to my wife, I say, Marie, I can't find that pair of jeans that I'm looking for. And my wife, she looks at me and she says, well, I'll help you find them. You know why? Because my wife's nicer than most of you, right? So, so my wife begins to, to help me find the jeans that I'm looking for. But according to an unconditional love marriage, and according to I'm not going to put any desires, or any, yeah, any desires in this expectation box, if I'm just going to have healthy desires... What I have simply missed is when I open my closet, it is full of clean clothes. Do you know who washed all those clothes? Not this guy, my wife. But instead of saying to my wife, thank you for keeping my closet full of clean clothes, I point out to her a fault where there's one pair of jeans that wasn't washed and I need her to wash those pair of jeans, completely ignoring everything else that she had done for me. That is a contractual marriage. That is a marriage where it says, you owe me, and I overlook everything that my wife does for me. I overlook how good the meal was, unless it was meatloaf. My God. <sighs> See, sometimes the filter doesn't work, and that was one of those times, but y'all, meatloaf, boy, I'm going to get in trouble for that. If y'all got any meatloaf recipes, y'all make them and then bring them to the house because meatloaf just don't go well in my house. Just saying, all right? Yeah. All right, so let's move on. I don't even know where I was. don't even know where I was going with that because I'm in so much trouble right now. My point is this. Don't eat the meatloaf. No, 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 I'm just... I got to get back. Got to get back. I'm sorry. All right, let's let's get back on on track here. The point is we can't have a marriage to where we say that you owe me because in that marriage, there's no intimacy. In that marriage, there's no communication, no romance, no unconditional love. There's no unconditional love there. 
So instead of berating my wife because something didn't get done, maybe I ought to have this desire instead of this demanded desire. Instead of this, instead of this expectation, I ought to have this desire. Man, I would really like to have that pair of jeans. But you know what? I've got other pair of jeans I can wear. You know what? My wife had all these clothes clean in my closet. That's the desire versus the expectation. Here's, here's a verse of scripture that, um, that will help us understand this a little bit better. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says this. Love does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable. It's not resentful. Love, true unconditional love in your marriage. Look, it, it's not going to insist for you. Love is for someone else, your spouse. Take a step back. Who are you in your marriage? Are you allowing your I in your I marriage to completely dominate your marriage? Or are you more concerned about the individual in your marriage, your spouse in your marriage? Are you more concerned about her or him that you're going to allow love in your marriage to be thankful, love in your marriage, to sing louder than your disappointments. Again, it's okay to have desires, and I'm not saying that we can't have desires. As a matter of fact, we can't not have desires. We have to have desires in marriage. That's just where it is. We're going to have desires, but the problem is when we allow these desires to start demanding what is going to be true in our marriage, and the desires jump into the expectations. That's the problem. That's where it becomes unhealthy. Desires are there, and we should have them. Some desires. Guys, some desires. Some desires that your wife has. Your wife wants you to open up to her. Write these down. These are free. Write these down. They'll be up on the screen for you. These are free. Guys, you better write it down. Your desire, or her desire, is for you to open up to her. Her desire is for you not to try to fix her, but listen to her. All the ladies said, amen. Her desire is for you to say, her desire is for her. Her desire is for you to say, it's on the screen, right? It's say I'm sorry. Say I'm sorry. Guys, on the count of three, we're going to say I'm sorry just to practice, okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. I'm sorry. And, the li- and all the wives laugh like, yeah, whatever, they mean anything. All right, good. Y'all keep working on that. Your wife desires for you to be committed. Your wife desires for you to honor her and cherish her. Your wife desires desires for her to have some face-to-face time. I saved that for last. This is a big deal in my marriage. I know, for the most part, wives want face-to-face time. Guys, let me tell you what this is. It's literally looking at her in her face and letting her talk. (laughs) 
It is what it is. <laughs> Ladies, is that true? Is that true? Say amen if that's true. Yeah. Guys, I'm sorry. Suck it up. Look at her in her face and let her talk. Keep your eyes open. No snoring. Keep your back straight. Listen to her for just a little while. Listen to her. Got it? They desire that face-to-face time. They desire that. And ladies, desire that is great. It's good. You should do it. But please don't make it an expectation because you're going to be disappointed, right? Right? Keep it as a desire. Guys, guys, do these things for your, your, your wife, your spouse. Ladies, guys have some desires. And there's more than just one thing on the list, I promise. Guys have some desires to, uh, as well. Guys desire shoulder-to-shoulder time. Ladies, this means you're out of our face, you're sitting beside of us, and not talking. That, <laughs> all the guys said, amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marie and I were having this conversation over this week as I was preparing for the message. I said, are these things true? She said, yes. I think this is new to her. I think when she thought, I said, hey, will you come sit with me on the couch? That was an invitation to talk. It's not an invitation to talk. It's an invitation to sit on the couch. Let's watch some football. Let's watch some, something on TV. Sit there. Shoulder to shoulder time. Guys. That's a desire. That's healthy. Don't put it in the expectations box. Why? You're going to get disappointed. She will start talking at some point, right? (laughs) Good. Guys, uh, ladies, guys desire, uh, we desire sexual intimacy. That's no secret. Guys, it's a desire, not an expectation, right? Don't expect it. You know why? Yeah, you're going to get disappointed. All right? Good. (laughs) Ladies, guys desire, they desire to work and to achieve. Guys desire to protect and to provide. Guys desire to serve and to lead. Guys desire to analyze and to counsel. That's what what we desire. We want to be a major part in your life. We desire these things. But the minute that we allow these desires to become expectations, either the the wife's desires or the husband's desires, the moment that we allow these desires to demand and, and get dropped into the expectations box, the moment that happens, then our marriage turns into a conditional love marriage. I'll love you. I'll love you as long as... As long as you listen to me, I'll love you as long as we spend some quality bedroom time together. I'll love you as long as whatever. You see, expectations are conditions that cannot exist in in an unconditional love marriage. Love is important in marriage. Love in marriage should be like. No other love that we can experience on this side of meeting our Father in heaven. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks a lot about love. And I listed some of these things for you today. Here's what love is. Love is patient. 
Unconditional love is patient. Unconditional love is kind. Love bears all things. There are no conditions there. Bear, uh, uh, love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Unconditionally endures all things. Love never ends. Love never ends. Unconditional love never ends. I was reading something this week and someone said, someone said that if you want love to last forever, the only love that lasts forever is unconditional love. Because there is no end to unconditional love. Because there are no conditions on unconditional love. Because in the marriage that we have, we can have desires, but we ought never let our desires turn into expectations. And our expectations decide. The desires that we have that demand, they decide whether or not we love our spouse because they did or did not do whatever it is that we expect them to do. So... How do you know what kind of marriage you have? How do you know if the marriage that you have is is a covenant marriage where you love unconditionally or if it's a marriage where you think your spouse owes you something? How do you know that? You can test your level of intimacy and connectivity within your marriage by examining the acts of service to your spouse and the expressions of gratitude to your spouse. When's the last time that you were able or you took the opportunity to tell your wife or your husband, thank you for something that seems so obvious? When's the last time you were able to say thank you And be grateful to something that your spouse did that you would expect and you think that she or he may owe you. Andy Stanley says this. We don't express gratitude for the things that we come to expect. If there are some things in your life now, in your marriage now, if there are some things in your life, in your marriage now, that you are not grateful for, then those are the things that you are expecting Those are the desires that you have allowed to come out of the desires box and you move those desires into the expectation box. Those are the expectations that you have and you're not being grateful for that in your marriage. When's the last time you were able to thank your spouse for everything that they do in your house? When is the last time that you thanked your spouse for managing the house, for washing your clothes, for cleaning up the dishes, for, for fixing supper? When's the last time that you thanked your spouse for being the primary caretaker of your kids, for being the taxi for all of your kids? When's the last time that you thanked your spouse for providing for your family? When's the last time that you thanked your spouse for contributing financially to your family? When's the last time that you thanked your spouse for making sure that the yard got done or the house maintenance got taken care of or the car maintenance got taken care of? When's the last time you thanked your spouse for killing a spider? Oh, no, 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 no. I expect them to do that, right? No, it's a desire of yours. It's a desire. I desire for 
for him or her to, to kill the bugs. Keep it as a desire. Don't make it an expectation because then you have a conditional love marriage. When's the last time that you have thanked your spouse for allowing you to chase the career of your dreams? When's the last time that you thanked your spouse for giving you the lifestyle that you currently have? When's the last time that you thanked your spouse? If you haven't thanked your spouse, it may very well be an expectation. Guys, maybe some of you ladies might be thinking, come on, Quentin. Like, really? Like, really, no expectations at all? Like, none? All I would say to you is, you're more than welcome to have expectations in your marriage. You're more than welcome to take desires, let them control you, make them expectations. You're okay to do that. But your marriage is not going to be healthy. Your marriage will be a big, fat, red eye marriage. Your marriage is for you and you alone. And you're welcome to do that. But it's not healthy. It's not the way God designed it. It is not ideal by any stretch of the imagination. But you can keep your marriage unhealthy if you want. If you want to make some changes then we need to keep our desires in the desires box. Don't let them demand anything and make sure that nothing gets into the expectations box. We've got to have marriages going forward to where we have zero expectations but a whole box full of desires. And you can have a debt-debtor relationship all you want to. But when things get really weird in your marriage, go wrong and you don't know why or how things went wrong, you can read all the books that you want to about marriage, you can spend countless hours with your favorite counselor, you can stop and you can always uh, allow these legitimate, these legitimate um, um, things going through your brain, these, these justifications going through your brain, you can have all of those, but at the end of the day, here's your problem. You have a debt-debtor relationship, and your love and your marriage is not unconditional. Until you implement unconditional love in your marriage, you will be more committed to I than you will be your spouse. Unconditional love in marriage is the key. Can you imagine with me? Imagine with me what what your marriage might look like if you take, take all of these expectations that you have and you move them all back into your desires box. And then you find out, you find out, guys, that your wife has this desire she would really like to upgrade houses. The one that you're in now may be falling apart, subpar, bad neighborhood, not a very good school district. And your wife desires a new house, new location. Ladies, this is purely a desire of yours. Not an expectation, but a desire. It's just, you're just dreaming. Like, man, it would be so good to move somewhere else, to do something different with our house. Husbands, you pick up on this desire. You work really hard. You guys budget as a family. 
and then you're able to move into a house of your dreams, if you will. Now, ladies, since it wasn't, since it wasn't an expectation, the man of your dreams has now fulfilled the desires of your dreams, and you're grateful, and there's gratitude, and you're happy, and the guys. Your husband is like, man, I was able to make my wife's dream come true. I was able to participate with her and her desires. And I was able to make something, something come true for her. And it was a gift. And it was a journey together. And it was love. Imagine if your family, your, your marriage worked like that for all of your desires. Desires are there to be fulfilled. Your desires are there to be fulfilled, not just by anyone, but by your spouse. And your spouse is positioned like no one else to make these dreams come true for you. But this can only happen if we leave them in the desires box and we talk about them and we have communication in our marriage. If we allow for this thing to move over to an expectation, there's no gratitude, there's no love, no intimacy, no communication. This is the marriage that I want. I want my wife, Marie, to to have an inside track on my desires. And and maybe more than my desires, I desire for my wife to be a part of fulfilling those desires. And I I want the same for my wife. I don't want my wife to have expectations that I'm just going to give her. But expectations aren't even a part of our conversation. It's desires. I want my wife to desire something so that I can give her something and we can work on stuff together. Imagine if our desires... Stayed in the desires box as opposed to the expectations box. So, for the rest of the series, we have three weeks left. For the rest of the series, we're going to be talking about what happens. Stuff. What happens if we have stuff in our expectations box and we don't know how to get it out? What happens in marriage when we have expectations? How do we get things from this expectations box back into the desires box? We're going to talk about that in the next three weeks. Before we come back together next week, in a, I Want a New Marriage small groups, all of our small groups, for this series specifically, we're going to ask this question together, and I want you to have a, a, a jump start on this today. In order to prepare for the next three weeks, how to remove desires in this expectations box, I want you to ask yourself this one question. What does your spouse owe you? What does your spouse owe you? Spend some time thinking about that. Is there something inside of your marriage where you would say, Hey, Quentin, I get the message. I appreciate it. That's great. But, you know, no matter what you say, my spouse owes me this. Like, I expect this. They have to do this. What does your spouse owe you? We're going to talk about that over the next three weeks. Today, let's remember, desires are healthy, and that's where desire should be in marriage, is in the desires box. Will you pray with me? God, we love you. God, today, 
as we continue our conversation, week three of a six-week conversation about desires versus expectations. As we talk about these things, God, would you just start um, moving in the lives of our married couples, moving in the lives of our teenagers, our unmarried couples, the folks that are dreaming about marriage. God, would you just allow them to have a fresh foundation of what it means to have good, healthy desires in marriage and not expectations. So God, today, would you uh, just be a part of the conversation that we have with our spouses in our connect groups? Um, what exactly do we expect from our spouses? What, what is it, God? What is it, God, that our spouses owe us? Would you be in the middle of those conversations and help us, help us acquire a healthier marriage? God, we're going to thank you for that, and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.